On this episode of Invested in Connecting Women, there's a big space between women thinking about investing and wanting to actually put money in their account and begin. Lauren Pearson and Emily Lasseter with Somerset Advisory. Not only are we going to talk about their business and how they built it, we're going to talk about their passion project that has now turned into, I would say, a huge business on its own, which is called The Wealth Edit. We know that this is needed in the industry and we wanted to build it for the clients and for those other women that found value in it. I'm your host, Olivia Hales, and this is Invested in Connecting Women. Today, we are joined by two women that have done nothing but inspire me since the day that I first walked into their office where we are currently sitting. So Lauren, you are someone that I instantly was just reading all about, all things Alabama, trying to get to know women in Alabama. Your name was everywhere, creating a voice for women, um, for financial planning, really making it okay to talk about money and financial planning. Uh, The founding of of Somerset Advisory and and all that represents, right? It's just wonderful. And then Emily, you came along and got to join Lauren pretty early on. And the chemistry that you two have, it's just pretty incredible. So I'm so excited to have you both here today. Thank you for having us. We're so excited to be here. All right, so I want everyone else to get to know who you are as much as, as well as I know you, uh, at least up until this point. So um, Lauren, Emily, who are you and how did you get here to where you are today? So I'm Lauren Pearson. Uh, I started Somerset Advisory. I've been in the business for about 15 years and started Somerset in 2018. And our practice primarily serves three groups of people. We say attorneys, brave and interesting women, and uh, those who are incredibly generous from a charitable standpoint. So those are sort of, those are our areas of expertise with Somerset. Uh, And I'm Emily Lassiter and I joined Somerset in 2019 with Lauren. And I joined after having a mid-life career change. So I'd been an attorney for 15 years. And then after having um, a major life event, decided to go in a different direction. And it was during that transition that I met Lauren and, um, join Somerset. Okay. So I want to know a little bit more about how you got here to where you are, because you two have a very successful practice that you're running together, right? You're adding people in, you're growing every single day. So Lauren, how did you get to this point? So I started in 2007, which was right before the Great Recession. Um, I, My husband, uh, we met in Washington, D.C., and he said, will you marry me? And we're moving to Beaufort, South Carolina, which is a town with about 12,000 people in it. And so uh, the, what I was doing before was working um, for a group of newspaper publications. And when I got to Beaufort, there was really nothing to do. Um, and I've always worked. So I knew that working was going to be part of, of what I did uh and married life. And so when I moved to Beaufort, you could be a doctor, an attorney, or um, independently wealthy, and I wasn't any of those things. And so the only job left um, that was professional really was financial advising, and I did not know if I would be a great fit. I went to University of Georgia and was a journalism major. Uh, But the more I talked to people they said, you know, you really need to just have a passion for people and to be able to connect them with the financial system that's so obtuse to so many. And so, you know, I looked into it and spoke with women that have done this well, um, men, people with different practices. And what I loved about the industry 
uh, I loved how you could really make it into something that's your own. And, you know, it comes up consistently as one of the best jobs for working moms. I was not a mother at that point, but knew that that, I did want kids. Uh, So that came up. Well, I get into the industry and then the whole bottom falls out. And it was an interesting thing to watch. And I'm very grateful to come into the industry that, that I came into the industry at that time because I, you know, I saw people walk away from their practices that they built over a 40 year period of time. I saw people retire early. I saw a lot of uh, poor behavior around investment and investment decision making, all when I was just entering the industry. And what that taught me is how important it is to be highly relational, which is one of our core values at Somerset. You really have to have an excellent relationship with your clients if you're sitting on our end. And then, you know, if you are a client with your advisor, it has to be someone that you actually trust. And so that's really what happened is I learned that. Um, then fast forward, I was with a large wirehouse firm at the time. And coming from out of industry, I knew it was really important to get some credentials behind my name. And so I became a certified financial planner, had two babies. And then my husband uh, was called to move to Birmingham, Alabama. So my practice actually moved uh, with me to Birmingham. And most of my clients from South Carolina uh, came with me, which was really a huge gift. And so we continued to build here. I continued to build here. But what was nice about Birmingham is I knew this would be where we would live long term. And so it allowed me to, for the first time in my career, think creatively about where I wanted to practice and what I wanted this practice to look like. And what I realized is now that I'm a CFP, I'm serving as a fiduciary for my clients, and it's extremely important to me that that is really at the center of what we do. So at that point, I started looking around at different firms um, who were practicing it through the lens through which I'm looking very responsibly. And I found Hightower. Hightower is a, a back office that supports all things compliance, marketing, all of these different things. And uh, basically begged them to be on their platform because I was too small. And they had a certain, you know, asset under management threshold that they wanted for advisors that were coming onto their platform. And I didn't reach it at the time and um, got creative, was persuasive and came on with a larger team as a, um, what they call is a tuck in uh, for a larger team that was in Alabama. Uh, Birmingham continued to grow and grow rapidly. I think fiduciary advice um, coupled with the, the, horsepower of a firm like Hightower was a great value proposition, one that wasn't currently in um, our area of Alabama. So it really took off fairly quickly. So what I learned, uh, and that was in 2016, is really how to be a business owner. I'd never had to think about that before. And that was really hard. So that shifted everything about my practice, how I thought about my practice. And people kept saying, you have to choose between the business and the work. You have to choose between the business and the work. And that is just not something that I felt comfortable with. And so what I realized at that point is that I needed to figure out what this practice was going to be for the next 10, 15, 20 years. And what that looks like now is that we aren't going to be the largest practice 
in America, and that's not the goal here. Um, we're going to serve clients well, and we're going to serve a few families as well as we possibly can. At the same time, I was meeting Emily, um, and she'll share her story in a minute, but it, it came to be that this Birmingham uh office was getting to, it was getting really big really quickly. And so it became its own thing. And Somerset became its own thing with its own personality. And I'm grateful to Hightower to give us the opportunity to expand and really grow this business. And now, fun, this is really fun, but we're going back to our roots and opening up a second office in Beaufort, South Carolina, which is where I started my practice. Yeah, so I just saw that. there's lots of fun things happening. I jumped in, like I said, in 2019, but took a very different route to get here um, than Lauren did. But what I kind of love about this industry is the more I talk to people about like how they ended up here, like Lauren being a journalism major, me coming with a law background, you know, it really boils down to like having a passion for serving people and having those relationships with them. And so what happened with me was I had practiced law for 15 years and really had like stayed mainly in the medical malpractice defense work. So not a whole lot to do with finances. And, but, um, I lost my husband, gosh, now seven years ago in a plane crash. And so that, really changed everything for me. And I had two young girls at the time. And I knew that I was going to continue to work at some point, but I was able to take a few years off and just be with them and kind of heal and kind of regroup. And, you know, during that time, I really connected with a lot of women that had been through similar circumstances. And whether that be, you know, a widow, like talking to other widows or women who were going through divorce, what I realized was there was a lot of women that were really uncomfortable with figuring out their path forward. And then another thing I realized was they also were the thing that seemed to be like the sticking point for them of like really making decisions and, and taking risks was they didn't understand how the financial aspect of their lives factored into that. So they were just living in fear all the time. And um, my dad is a financial advisor and has had a, a long, wonderful career. And so I'd always had him to talk to about all my questions and really took that for granted that I had a resource that I could call and ask and we could think through investments and think through, okay, I'm going to go back to work. How much do I need to make? You know, and I realized like women didn't even like, and I don't mean to speak for all of them, but there were many, many women who had found themselves as head of household very suddenly and didn't have the tools needed to move forward. And so I I had um, taken a job that I knew was probably going to be a pretty temporary job, but it, it, it checked all the, all the buckets. So for me, a lot of times I talk to women who've gone through like a crisis and you know, when you get back into the workforce, sometimes it's just better to ease in. And so this was kind of one of my first steps, like, okay, I'm now a single mom. I've got these two girls. Everybody seems to be kind of stable. <laughs> and I think I'm going to go back to work, but I'm not, I don't, I don't think I'm ready to like fully change careers yet. So went in with a job, but I had a lot of time on my hands. <laughs> it was not a difficult job. And it was during that time that ended up being such a blessing because I could really kind of start dreaming about what it was that I wanted to do. And so I had this, I just was kept thinking about all these women that needed help. 
um, not only from like a legal perspective and how to get their estate documents in order and redo all those, but then also from that financial angle. And so I started, I thought, you know, I'm going to start talking to advisors in Birmingham to see like if I can meet somebody that I can start referring all these women to. My dad was about to retire. He's in Montgomery. He, you know, and so I thought, who could I find? And so that's, I just started talking to people about it. Like, and that's where I heard Lauren, everybody kept saying, have you met Lauren Pearson? Like, you've got to meet Lauren Pearson. I mean, we joke because we think about 20 people take credit for introducing us. (laughs) They do. Um, We know who it really was. But anyway, um, but we laugh about that. But it was so true because I was just like, how can we help these women? And so I just started talking to people and uh, really with zero intention of entering the industry. I just Mm -hmm. thought, well, I'm sitting here trying to figure out what I'm going to do. Why don't I see if I can figure out a way to help them? And the first time that I went to talk to an advisor, it wasn't Lauren. It is somebody that we know. I'll know here. But I went and I said, okay, this is a problem I'm seeing. Like, how can we solve this? And she was like, will you come work for us? And I thought, what in the world? I'm not even in this industry. What? And she said, no, we just, we need women. We need more women in this industry. And um, she said, you know, with your legal background, I just feel certain we can teach you everything you need to know in order to serve your clients well. And so that was the first time I had heard that. And it, and I immediately pushed it off and said, no, thank you and moved on. But it just didn't, I just kept like nudging me, like, like really think about that, really think about that. And so then I started talking to just a lot of different advisors and, um, met with Lauren. And even at the time, I mean, summer set was just starting Mm -hmm. and she's like, I want you to come, but like, I, I can't make it happen. Like, you know, and so we, we were friends for like a year and a half before I ever even came on board with Lauren. But I actually went in with my dad for about a year. And this is relevant to the story because I just love his take on this. So this is somebody who's been in the industry. He's 75 years old. He's been in the industry for a really long time. And I worked for him for a year and I loved it. It's like probably it will go down as like one of my favorite years ever, just because to get that behind the scenes view of like what your parent does, is really fun. But all the while he had even met Lauren, he knew what she was doing. He knew like what I wanted to do. And he worked for this huge company and I kept trying to do these things in this big company that was definitely male dominant dominated, you know, like, and I was like, Oh no, we need to do this for when we need this. for, And like, you, you just couldn't get anywhere. It'd be like, well, we'll put that on the agenda for the, you know, meeting and six months from now. And you're like, no, I mean like, these are things we can be doing right now. And so I guess after I'd been there a year, Lauren calls and's like, I think I can hire you now. Like, come, can you do this? We, it's going to be a little untraditional. Like the role that I have you, that's another part of the story. This is going to be fun. But um, <laughs> she's like, can you come? And so I went and I said to my dad, Lauren just called and I, and she thinks that she can make it work. And you've put all of my items on the bottom of the to-do list. Yeah, so. all my <laughs> items. And not my dad, though. So my dad was like my biggest champion. He was like, yes, we need to do this. This is not being done in the industry, whatever. And so he he looked at me, and I just think this was the greatest gift. He said, what y'all want to do is so needed, and no one is doing it. Y'all go, and y'all change things. Yeah. You've got my full support. I will help you however I want. And and so I called Lauren and I was like, all right, I'm in. And so I, we come on and this <laughs> and, is the best. And, <laughs> I mean, it was just like the whole bottom came out. 
<laughs> Is there like a better way to put that? I don't think so. I mean, it was like every, you know. There were five people and then it went down to just the two of us. And then it was the two of us. <laughs> and, you know, it's just something that we weren't expecting to have happen. <laughs> this happen. This kind of stuff happens in small business ownership and you have to figure out how to make it work. And Emily and I just looked at each other and we said, we're just going to make it work. And we were supposed to launch the Wealth Edit. It, this was like in January of 2020. <laughs> and like it, we were we were set to launch on International Women's Day in 2020, which, which was like March, two months later. But yeah. what was so wonderful is it a few things happened, I think, from a business owner perspective that I think are important. First, you have to really know what kind of employees you need and what seats you actually need to fill. Um, up to that point, I was hiring based on potential, really based on, I really like you and I could see that you could move into this position versus what we needed is I need someone to do cash management. I need someone to run the operations of this firm. And so it helped me as a business owner for the first time define what roles were really needed and necessary and then fill to that extent and not to fill too quickly, even though it was uncomfortable. I mean, I knew that waiting for the right employees was better than just hiring to fill seats and yeah. take care of tasks. Um, and so that's what we did is we were patient. And the the HR fairy, as I said, just kind of like sprinkled the very <laughs> best team on us right after that. I, I really had this moment where I'm like, should we just pack it up and take like 10 clients and just work from him? I mean, I, really, it was yeah. truly that that much of a moment where I'm thinking this is a real – And you're going to have those moments in your career as an advisor where you think, do I want my business to go this way or that way? And we pushed through and we did what needed to be done. I was very humble with, I mean, I was sending LinkedIn requests for people to do cash management saying, I have not properly networked in this space. Like I have not done my part. And so I'm looking to catch up and we have a position open. And through that, we found, um, our wonderful teammate, Lori, who has, it really makes this place run and Mm -hmm. um, it's a blessing. So now we have six employees and it's lovely and wonderful and things are going great, but it was a very good learning opportunity as a business owner to say, don't hire for potential, which maybe that's instinctual to most people, but it wasn't for me. Um, Really hire for what you need right now and then let the business grow from there. Well, and at that point you had Emily. So the two of you, at least from what I know about the chemistry you have, you know, is you had each other to help navigate those waters. I'm one of those people that I tell my internal self stuff a lot all the time and no, not everything's just going to manifest itself, right? You've got to work for it and you really, really do in a lot of instances. But there are certain things like that where you're like, okay, these two pieces are in place. Come on, you know, and and it'll manifest if you if you really do think and you've you've done all that you can do. Uh, so I do believe in that, you know. I I agree, and it was you know I'd always wanted a partner. So at that point, I'd been sitting, you know, for twelve years in this industry, and I and it was just never the right the right partnership and that it was extremely lonely. And I think when you're, when you're a female and in business and, and you do have that kind of lonely, there just aren't another, a lot of women. I mean, there's only 14% of CFPs that are client facing. It's just a really, really small number. But you both have the same foundation. I mean, of all three of us, none of us started our 
careers as wanting to be in the financial no, business, right? And, and so here right. we all are. Yeah. And why is it because we saw a need, we care a lot about people genuinely. And I think that genuine care translates so well in this business for women because a lot of people in this industry, not speaking in terms of one in particular or anything like that, but but empathy lacks. And it gets, you know, you get into your business and you start to make money and you start to get a reputation and it starts to build quickly. And then, you know, all of a sudden that tender love and care that made you where you were can go away. And so I commend both of you for that. Yes, it's been very two different journeys, but at the same time, the core of why you do what you do seems to be the same. It is 100%. And that's and really I, fun to be a part of that. And yeah. I think women just think about this business differently. And this is a sweeping generalization, but I'll give you an example of in our practice. So if um, if a man comes in for planning, he usually says, the first question is, do I have enough? And when a woman comes in, she says, am I going to be okay? Yeah. And I think that Emily and I look through the lens instinctually of like, am I going to be okay? Which is a different lens that is important. It's an important voice for the the financial industry. Um, I was reading some statistics the other day and it's 47% of women don't even have a financial advisor and 87% don't like their financial advisor. So there's just, that shows that there's just room for more women. I mean, that's what I told Emily. I wasn't sure she was ever going to work with me here at Somerset, but I was like, do it, like go out and become a financial advisor. It might be hard. It might not be the most glamorous, but we need you, you know, in our industry. It's a huge need. Mm -hmm. Well, and just having a woman get to the point where she's comfortable asking a professional, am I going to be okay? I mean, that's a huge part of the battle that I've witnessed in, in, in my career slash just life in general is that it becomes so out of sight, out of mind every year that you don't talk about it, that it just gets to be easier to rely on others and not worry about it at all. And so I I love that leads me into a very good segue about something that you two are doing. Um, and, you know, I want to hear throughout all the many hats that you wear, how y'all kind of hold it together, you hold each other accountable. But let's get into the wealth edit and one of this passion project that I think brought you two together. But I don't really know the conversation where you two were sitting there and you're like, let's do the wealth edit. It's very tied to the Somerset story. So I started thinking, okay, where is the financial services industry kind of lacking in general? And so I basically started studying these subgroups of people. And the first was attorneys, just because that was such a large portion of my individual practice. 2019, as I was getting to know Emily, I started studying women. And we had all these roundtables where I was asking women, okay, we know it's tacky and taboo to talk about money. That's not, that's not what we're here to figure out today because we already know that. Like, what is still holding us back beyond that? Yeah. What do you want to see? And out of those conversations came the idea of the wealth edit. What we realized is there's a big space between women thinking about investing and wanting to actually 
put money in their account and begin. That's the space that nobody wants because it's not lucrative. Like you're not making any money in that space as a big financial firm. So they're just not interested in it. One of the things that was the most attractive to me about the wealth edit when she told me was like in my first year of working um, as an advisor, I had a really, I had a rub between like serving um, clients that, you know, were a good fit for the firm where I was, or even Somerset. I mean, you know, we're a niche. We have, we serve a very small niche of clients. You know, we do some really complex planning and, and we serve a small number of families. And so there's a lot of times when we meet with women all, you know, that are not a good fit. And I hated that because I was talking to so many women all the time, just like in the course of my personal life, women who really needed help. And then they didn't have anywhere to go because they didn't have enough money to, to hire a full-time advisor. They didn't really have anything to invest. They were kind of left in this place where they're like, I don't know what to do. Yeah. Um, and so I was conflicted by that because I I loved working with those women, but also really loved doing the more complex side of things just because that's like where my legal mind wanted to go. And so what I loved about the wealth edit when she approached me about it was I said, oh, I mean, this is amazing because it gives me the opportunity to to share with just the everyday woman about what this looks like. And so much of it is about, is not about investing, you know, Mm -hmm. so much of it is building up confidence um, just in yourself and being able to negotiate for yourself and then slowly working towards that goal of like actually opening the investment account and doing it. And so I think we just really were like, we, we know that this is needed in the industry and we wanted to build it for the clients and for those other women that found value in it. And so it's been fun to watch it grow. Yeah. And it grew much more quickly than what we thought. I yeah. mean, within the first month, we had 100 members because it's a it really it's a membership subscription where you have access to live content, classes, courses, anything that you miss is on video. So you can go and catch up worksheets and really just this membership of amazing women who are all looking to build their skill set around wealth. So it's these meaningful connections because you know, I think a lot of times you make these friendships based on institution or circumstance. Um, you know, whether that's you went to college with these people or you went to high school or you're all young moms together and in a play group. And those are all great. Uh, there's no knocking it, but there's something about building a community where of like-minded women who really are interested in expanding their learning over time that makes it so sticky and fun. I mean, it, it really is such a great group of women that have joined and we're so, we're so proud of it. I mean, mm-hmm. I know it's definitely the biggest accomplishment I think in my career so far. For sure. And, and I mean, just for us, the value of connecting other women with mm-hmm. other like-minded women. I mean, we both naturally love to do that and to have mm-hmm. a platform where we can do that mm-hmm. over and over again and then teach other women how to do that. Yeah. You know, the networking component of the wealth that it is something that I don't feel like we even talk about enough, but you know, we we really want the wealth that it to one day be like the number one networking platform for women. Um 
especially definitely in the Southeast, but hopefully one day yeah. even further reach than that. But, you know, we love to hear somebody in Atlanta who's working on something and then be like, have you met her? Because she's in Atlanta as yeah. well. And this would be a wonderful collaboration or, you know. And I think too, what Emily and I have realized, there's a lot of places online where you can find a course or content and that's kind of just it. Like, yeah, it's like, learn how to do it. Oh, I've given you all the information. Now you go. But when you're going through a divorce or you're widowed unexpectedly or you're trying to build a business and you're on your own, you don't want someone to just be like, okay, here's your course, figure it out. You want someone to actually be sitting with you in that space. And I think that's sort of our our secret sauce is like these are women who are sitting with you in this space and they get it and they want they want to be successful or maybe success isn't even the right word, but they just want to get through this in a positive way or, you know, move on to the next stage. And we're here to do that. And we have a lot of, I think for it's odd for us to be an online company as two over 40 year old women. That was certainly not my dream. Um, and I don't think Emily's either, but you know, certainly not. there's something about that, you know, being in that space that makes Emily and I both a little bit uncomfortable, but also knowing that there's no one else who can really do it because we have so much life experience at this point, fortunately or unfortunately. Mm-hmm. Um, we've just seen a lot of a lot of cases and been part of a lot of things. Well, and for those wondering, like, wait a second, what is the wealth edit, and and t- what am I? Tell me more, and how do I this right? It is a paid membership and community of women in all walks of life, uh, women entrepreneurs, stay at home moms, women transitioning careers. Women who are really successful in their careers and just want to meet like-minded women. As a consumer of the Wealth Edit and a member myself, um, I will say it's such a fun experience because the first thing you do is figure out what personality you are from a money standpoint. And I think this is where a lot of other financial advisors miss the mark is that they never ever establish an emotional connection to money. And that's exactly what women need to do first and foremost in everything is what is my emotional connection to money? So that was one of the most fun things to get started out with the wealth that is now you know your personality um, and now you can join with other personalities and and say, do you do this? I do this. What are you excited about? Um, I'm excited about philanthropic efforts and where to find, you know, women doing cool things. And I don't know how you two do this, but I don't, I want to know your secrets in terms of digging up amazing women, because as a part of the Wealth Edit, every Wednesday they feature a different woman and allow her, give her a platform to tell her story. Um, and, and it's it's a lot of entrepreneurs, but but not all the time. And it's just incredible to hear their stories. Um, log in every week. It's consistent. You know there's going to be a different woman with an awesome story. Yeah. I mean, we've had over... I think now it's like at 65 um, women that we've interviewed. That's, and every, I mean, they do it for, for free. I mean, these are women. There's just yeah. some really high profile women that have said yes. And just yeah. having all these women that said yes to us to be on the wealth edit, um, just simply because they love the mission behind what we were doing was really affirming for us and what, what we're doing, not only at the wealth edit, but at Somerset. And it's mm-hmm. sort of the thing that fuels us to keep moving. Yeah. And what's cool about both businesses, I think, are the, the women that come on the Wealth Edit, the reason they say yes is because they are able to be self-aware enough to connect with something in their 
in themselves and their financial story that they feel like is important to share. If they're, you know, an interior designer, everyone is looking at them through the lens of like being at the forefront of beauty and what's coming up next. But there's a whole nother side and dimension to that woman who like that needs to be shared. That's mm-hmm. the truth. We interviewed one woman and she said she was building, she had just launched a coffee table book at the same time that our marriage was falling apart. And she said, it should have been called how to make a beautiful coffee table book when your marriage is falling apart. And you know, that's, it, it, it's yeah. multidimensional. It's almost like the, the reverse resume. Of, yes. <laughs> you know, yeah, like totally. here's what the product is and how shiny and pretty it looks, but let me tell you how it got here. Yeah. Uh, and it's not as pretty, but I love what y'all are doing too. And it's the whole reason that, you know, I'm thankful that they let me start this podcast because I truly believe that when women start talking and telling their stories and showing that it's okay to be vulnerable and that you don't have to know everything, even as a woman in this business, we learn every single day, right, about things that some people might think we should already know. And so I just think the more we start talking, the more we tell stories, the more we promote our business, the more we just exude confidence in ways that that maybe we didn't think we were capable of, the better that we'll all be and the more educated that we'll want to be. So it's so exciting and such an honor to be able to interview the two of you and to watch what's, you know, watch it all unfold and, and what's coming next. So we're going to end in the lightning round. Before that, I want to give you an opportunity to just maybe if it's advice or anything you would say to anyone listening to us today, um, you know, what do you want to leave them with? Mm, that's a that's a good one. I guess I would say I think one of the things that I like to encourage women the most is if you feel stuck in your current career and you you really want to make a change to not be afraid to do that. Because even if you are in your 40s and might not have quite as much energy, you have probably more reason to push through it and to do <laughs> do yeah. all the things you need to do. And, and I think a lot of people avoid that because they think it's too hard and really what it has turned out to be is very life-giving, you know, yeah. to, to shift into doing something that you really love. And um, so for me, like moving into an advisor role has really been a game changer for me. And um, even though it's been humbling, it has also been a huge confidence boost and has given me opportunities I would have never thought that I would have had. Yeah, I, I had a good friend once at like a kind of low point in my career say it's never too late for a do over. And I think a lot of times as as women, maybe as men too, there's just these things that come up in your career that feel like there are setbacks, but really it's not a failure. It really it's just a teaching point. And I think just I'd encourage people just not to overemphasize those moments that maybe didn't go the way you thought and use them and say what what can I do with this new idea moment, you know, to, to expand what I want to do in life and what we're trying to create. So let that creativity run. Mm -hmm. Um, All right. Lightning round of questions. Ready? Yeah. Sweet or salty? (laughs) Salty. Sweet. Oh, look at that. (laughs) Bike or walk? Bike. Walk. (laughs) It's my last one. Sing in the shower or karaoke? Sing in the shower. Karaoke. <laughs> <laughs> three for three, totally different. Right? That's what makes it a good pair. Yeah, totally. I, lo- I love the it. The yin and yang. I love it. And you can have some back at me if you want. I want you to answer those questions. Sweet or salty? Oh, the same ones? Mm-hmm. Um, definitely salty. Okay. Uh, walk or bike? Definitely walk. Oh, nice. And 
What about sing in the car versus karaoke? I would say the only way I'll ever sing karaoke is if I've had tequila. And (laughs) otherwise, uh, in my car, you can ask my fiance or any of my close friends. I'm like blaring music and singing the words as long as it's only one or two people with me. Yeah, (laughs) me too. In the car. I mean, I I don't know why I haven't been discovered. I know. <laughs> All right. So look up the Wealth Edit and follow up. Um, you can Google the Wealth Edit. They've got a fantastic new website. Um, join or send us, you know, send us inquiries if you have questions um, so that you can learn how to be good with money. And if you join the Wealth Edit, you'll get lots of stickers and things that say that, which I have around my house. So <laughs> We do like some cute merch. We do like the merch. <laughs> <laughs> it helps spread the word, yeah. so, especially in our day and age. So Lauren and Emily, thank you so much for your time. I really appreciate it. Thank you. And look forward to the next episode where we can continue to connect, educate, celebrate, and empower women together. Until next time, I'm Olivia Hales, and this is Invested in Connecting Women. The views presented are as of the date published. They are for information purposes only and should not be used or construed as investment, legal or tax advice or as an offer to sell, a solicitation of an offer to buy, or a recommendation to buy, sell or hold any security, investment strategy or market sector. Nothing in this material shall be deemed to be a direct or indirect provision of investment management services specific to any client requirements. Opinions and examples are meant as an illustration of broader themes, and not an indication of trading intent, are subject to change and may not reflect the views of others in the organization. It is not intended to indicate or imply that any illustration, example mentioned is now or was ever held in any portfolio. No forecasts can be guaranteed and there is no guarantee that the information supplied is complete or timely, nor are there any warranties with regard to the results obtained from its use. Janice Henderson Investors is the source of data unless otherwise indicated, and has reasonable belief to rely on information and data sourced from third parties. Past performance is no guarantee of future results. Investing involves risk, including the possible loss of principal and fluctuation of value. Not all products or services are available in all jurisdictions. This material or information contained in it may be restricted by law, may not be reproduced or referred to without express written permission or used in any jurisdiction or circumstance in which its use would be unlawful. Janice Henderson is not responsible for any unlawful distribution of this material to any third parties, in whole or in part. The contents of this material have not been approved or endorsed by any regulatory agency. Janice Henderson Investors is the name under which investment products and services are provided by the entities identified in the following jurisdictions. A. Europe by Janice Capital International Limited, Registration Number 3594615, Henderson Global Investors Limited, Registration Number 906355, Henderson Investment Funds Limited, Registration Number 2678531, Henderson Equity Partners Limited, Registration Number 2606646, each registered in England and Wales at 201 Bishopsgate, London East C2M, 3AE and regulated by the Financial Conduct Authority, and Henderson Management SA, Registration Number B22848 at 2 Rue de Bitburg, L1273, Luxembourg and regulated by the Commission de Surveillance du Secteur Financier. B. The US by SEC registered investment advisors that are subsidiaries of Janice Henderson Group PLC. C. Canada through Janice Capital Management LLC only to institutional investors in certain jurisdictions. D. Singapore by Janice Henderson Investors, Singapore, Limited, Co. Registration number 19970078 n This advertisement or publication has not been reviewed by Monetary Authority of Singapore. E. Hong Kong by Janice Henderson Investors Hong Kong Limited. This material has not been reviewed by the Securities and Futures Commission of Hong Kong. F. Taiwan ROC by Janice Henderson Investors Taiwan Limited, independently operated, Suite 45A1, Taipei 101 Tower, Number 7, Section 5 Sinyi Road, Taipei, 110, Telephone, 0281-01-1001.
Approved SICE license number 023, issued in 2018 by Financial Supervisory Commission, G. South Korea by Janice Henderson Investors, Singapore, limited only to qualified professional investors, as defined in the Financial Investment Services and Capital Market Act and its subregulations, H. Japan by Janice Henderson Investors, Japan, limited, regulated by Financial Services Agency and registered as a financial instruments firm conducting investment management business, investment advisory and agency business and type 2 financial instruments business, I. Australia and New Zealand by Janice Henderson Investors, Australia, Limited, ABN 4712427951818, and its related bodies corporate including Janice Henderson Investors, Australia, Institutional Funds Management Limited, ABN 16165119531, AFSL 444266, and Janice Henderson Investors, Australia, Funds Management Limited, ABN 4316417244, AFSL 444268. J. The Middle East by Janus Capital International Limited, regulated by the Dubai Financial Services Authority as a representative office. No transactions will be concluded in the Middle East and any inquiries should be made to Janus Henderson. We may record telephone calls for our mutual protection, to improve customer service and for regulatory record-keeping purposes. Outside of the US, for use only by institutional, professional, qualified and sophisticated investors, qualified distributors, wholesale investors and wholesale clients as defined by the applicable jurisdiction. Not for public viewing or distribution. For promotional purposes, Janice Henderson, Janice, Henderson, Intech, Knowledge Shared, and Knowledge Labs, are trademarks of Janice Henderson Group PLC or one of its subsidiaries. Copyright Janice Henderson Group PLC. C1121-40859-113023TL.